0: Hi, everyone. I'm Deputy Editor Lorraine Lawson, and welcome to The Buzz from Bank Automation News, where we explore how automation and emerging technology is transforming the banking industry. This is our weekly wrap for what's happening in the industry this week. First, a big thank you to our sponsor, Glia. I'm pleased to be joined by Associate Editors Aaron Marsh and Elijah Poindexter. It is January 28, 2022. The big automation news this week: We looked at technology spending at the major banks and found a trend. IT spending is on the rise after COVID holding pattern, according to Sylint analyst Stephen Gear. That's a trend, Gear. Sorry, that's a trend driven by fintechs, customer engagement, and desire for more efficiencies, which I think will translate into more automation. An example of how tech spend is increasing this week, Capital One held its earnings call Tuesday and we learned the bank's tech-related spending shot up 11% year-over-year with communications and data processing costs topping at $1.3 billion in 2021. CEO Richard Fairbank also shared that tech labor costs are the elephant in the room for banks, which means that technology talent trying to bring in those IT workers will drive tech spending in the coming year as banks, fintechs, and technology companies alike compete for talent. Capital One thinks it's well-positioned to weather the tech talent battle, and I love this quote. Fairbuck said, I want to savor that for a second. Um, he's, he also said that one of the reasons that they are savoring that moment is they have already built out their in-house talent, uh, whereas a lot of banks and companies have outsourced it. So they have already have a big engineering division uh, at Capital One. And he said that they are a uh, a magnet for tech talent. Aaron, you talked with Citizens about their budgeting. What did you learn about their plans?
1: Um, I think I heard some of the same things, Lorraine. I spoke with uh, Michael Rutledge at, at Citizens, and he was telling me, first of all, that within the last you know 2 3 years or so they have brought on fully 50, like 50% half of their current IT staff so they've they've really expanded that and they they've been growing they're they're also like you said you know they're looking to bring some of that talent um, in house i think they i think they want to have a little more control of that they're seeking to do that and to bring that talent back in house but the other thing is that i heard is is like what they're automating and first of all i think the banks are Fully aware that they are competing with uh, with neobanks and with fintechs, and that people have choices, you know, when it comes to their financial services products, and you know, these neobanks and these these fintechs are putting out some pretty um, enticing products and they do it quickly and they do it nimbly. So I think the banks know that they've got to move faster. They're finding ways to do that. And one of the things that, uh, that I heard from, uh, from Michael, uh, Rutledge, right? I don't know my necessarily a first name basis, but, um, <laughs> but the, uh, no, it, is that, um, they're automating now in the, the development of products in the testing. So, if we can automate some of the development um, stages of of new products, bring them to market, and we can we can kind of speed through that a little bit more quickly, that's one um, that's one area where these where citizens, at least, is looking to pick up um, some of the slack that I think has been there in, in uh, the recent years.
0: Well, well, for more on technology budgets, be sure to check out this month's feature story, Elijah. Uh, you were covering digital banks, right? The a digital bank that. Uh, Launched this week, this past week?
2: Yeah, so on the similar note that Aaron struck on, you know, kind of banks being aware of uh, neobanks and challenger banks and fintechs, <laughs> uh, this week I covered the launch of a uh, digital first bank. Uh, they launched a little bit earlier this month, uh, got some cover, great coverage in this week. Uh, it's a digital first bank with a community banking approach. Uh, they're called Locality Bank. Uh, they operate out of South Florida and they, obviously, the Miami area is kind of where they operate at uh, right now. Uh, they operate on this kind of hybrid digital strategy. So, in terms of their community banking approach, they still operate, you know, a physical branch. But the crux of their business, uh, and the CTO I spoke to, Mr. Corey LeBlanc, uh, was quick to point out that you know it's the digital offering that's the most important thing, uh, and that's built on their Nimbus core and cloud framework. So that is the obviously the core provider uh, they partnered with. Uh, and what's so interesting is that Nimbus gave them the opportunity to sort of build into and take from. Uh, an open API library, uh, which lets them kind of build their own custom APIs as well. So this let the let the bank uh, sort of sidestep a uh, super costly uh, digital build. So they they kind of sidestepped, you know, any new hardware, software. They didn't have to hire a bunch of employees just for that tech rollout. They could just jump onto Nimbus and get the ball really rolling in terms of, okay, well, what do we want our tech offering to look like? What do we want our sort of strate- strategic business uh, you know, sort of outlook to look like. Uh, It really helped them get the ball rolling on that. Uh, And then during and after the launch, uh, you know, something very interesting about it is that for a digital bank, for a truly digital bank, even if they do operate, you know, a physical branch or two, you're always innovating you're always innovating you're always incubating ideas you're always tweaking processes that's the most important thing because when you're operating in that sort of startup or digital bank or challenger bank space whatever you want to call it the number one thing you can offer to people is digital innovation and of course digital innovation changes every day every second every week uh so that's the most important thing and so mr leblanc when speaking to him he mentioned that you know the product that we have now the product that was in beta testing, the product that will be you know, out on the market day 90, and the product that's out on day 365, they will all be different because internal and external needs uh, change process requirements. And so we're always gonna adapt to that. Uh, and obviously new and existing challenger banks, as well as big banks who wanna kind of improve their tech and digital offering, uh, they can learn from that. So super duper interesting.
0: And Aaron, you, uh Related to digital banks, you looked this week at at the personnel needs or the characteristics of good digital bank workers. What what differentiates a digital bank worker from just your regular bank worker?
1: Oh, this was uh, that was Quantic uh, Bank. It was a, you know basically coming from a format of a you know some years ago as a New York City community bank, um, and Quantic has been doing some very interesting things. They launched. Uh, for example, um, I think it was in late it was like around September 2020 they launched a um, uh, a checking account that gives members benefits it pays them benefits in rewards in Bitcoin. So those like so actually we've been looking at banks and how they're going to engage cryptocurrency. Quantic as far as we can see was pretty much the first to have tried something and that's what they did. so they continue along that path so they're very digitally innovative. What they did was in uh, last August, they fully shut down their physical branch presence. That's it. So now all digital. Um, and it, this is, I think, such an important discussion because it's like, well, you just completely changed the job from someone who's going to be like a financial advisor. And you're going to work at a branch and you're going to deal with people and sort of a physical engagement. You can do more in some ways, certainly digitally. You can you can uh, the bank itself can open up an enormous nationwide talent pool. And they've done that. They went from like, you know, being mostly concentrated, like 100, I think 139 workers um, a, few years, a few years back um, or right during the, the, the onset of the pandemic um, lockdowns and things, about 139 workers. And they have now expanded in, uh, into 35 states. It's got a 35 state spread. And, uh, and I think um, off the top of my head, I think around 350 workers. Check me on that. Read the article. I do suggest you do. But um, you're really getting at um, how does this change the person that we are looking to hire? So you've got a much broader talent pool, but not everybody is necessarily going to do very well in that environment. And one of the things I I think is not really that surprising um, is just the chaos. You've got to deal with distractions. People are kind of at home. They're dealing with the work from home thing. And um, unexpected things are happening, and you've got to get people who, um, who are going to be okay with that. But at the same time, they're talking about how they want to reinforce that culture, that New York City culture that, they, that they've had. They want you to have the you know the culture and spirit of the bank. So they found ways to do that also remotely and found that that's important. So I think it's a, it's a really interesting look, it's like, yep, here's digital. We are going to open up all these new opportunities and go digital. But what does that mean for the, the humans that, that we need? So really, really, just kind of a, a fascinating take for me.
0: Yeah, that was a fascinating article. And again, our listeners can read more on creating a digital culture on Bake Automation News. Also this week, Fenestra held its Forum America's Enterprise Virtual Conference, and we did attend a few sessions from that. And we will have more reporting on that next week in terms of what we learned uh, while attending that event. So what else is ahead for next week, guys?
1: I'm going to jump in on that finaster thing, Lorraine, because I was um, I listened in on an ESG, environmental and social governance um, discussion in sort of technology and how that plays a role. This is another one of those areas where the United States is uh, kind of lagging quite a bit behind other markets, particularly Europe. Um, but this is a big thing there. And as we've seen with a lot of these trends um, with banks is that um, the, the they develop in, in these other markets and then they eventually kind of become um a big thing in the united states as well they catch on esg is kind of like that we're going to take a look at that next week i hope and Uh, elijah yeah
2: uh so next week i am back on my very favorite topic to cover uh which is kind of morbid but it's uh it's fraud
0: yeah we'll also be looking at related news a new ransomware family called the white rabbit which is uh did an attack on a local U.S. bank in December, and Trend Micro identified that, so we're trying to get them on the phone to talk to them about this latest uh, problem, which has just, again, made the news this week. So, Thank you so much for joining us for the weekly wrap on the buzz. Don't forget to attend our bank automation summit, which is on March 1st through 2nd in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can learn more about the bank automation summit at bankautomationsummit.com. For more podcast content, check out bankautomationnews.com and search the buzz for bank automation news on iTunes and Spotify.